Hi everyone, welcome to Sumeria's Soul Harem. I am Varin Gill and this is my podcast, Sumeria's Soul Harem, where we talk about all kinds of taboos, spirituality, wellness, love, relationships, quantum healing, and all other areas in our life that we need to be having lots of conversations about because they bring us light where there is darkness. I have reached episode 50 with this particular episode that you're listening to. Thank you so much for your support thus far. I have a new name, Sumeria's Soul Harem. This is the second episode with the name Sumeria's Soul Harem. I'm very proud of that name too. Thank you so much for clicking follow on Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon, or whatever platform it is that you're using to listen to this podcast today. Once again, I'm Varin Gill and I am a soul healer, tarot and astrology reader, certified sex and relationships coach. And in my previous life, I was a certified financial officer. That's right. I was a finance director for various companies. I used to manage 150 people across five different companies. I am very proud of that life too. And today I combine it all to create an experience that allows us to reach deeper inside to understand what's really going on in our life for us to help us get to a higher place. Thank you so much for listening once again. Today I have an amazing guest, Dania Nambiar. So Dania has come back a second time to my podcast. She was with us in episode 17 where she spoke about the emotional relationship with food. And today she's back for a deeper discussion in an area I think is going to fascinate us all. How are you doing, Dania? I am so good and I'm so excited to be here knowing that it's your 50th podcast episode. I mean, I remember when this was just a brainchild of yours, non-existent. So to be here <laughs> the second yeah. time around and on episode number 50 is, uh, is an honor of mine. So thank you for having me, La. Yay, thank you, thank you, thank you. And I feel so old when you say 50. When I when I think of 50, I'm oh my goodness. Technically, that's the next age milestone as well. You know what I mean? But like, wow, 50, 50 for me. That's that's I, I thought I had commitment issues, you know, but I think I think I might have overcome them from from doing this podcast. Damn, thank you so much, Sanya. And that was also a recording in Edinburgh. I was still in the UK at the time. So this one's here locally in Malaysia. Thank you so much for being my guest a second time. So everyone, Danya is a transformational life coach. And she uses the various modalities, including food, dance, wellness, um, her her huge intelligence in the space of yoga and tantra to me um, is something that I value as well. She's so deeply connected to her body, and that is a wisdom that every woman needs to have in this new age. So over to you, Danya. What is our topic of choice today? We already know what that is, but I just I just would like you to introduce that topic. <laughs> Well, we were kind of going through a, a random list of things to speak about, but what felt like the most alive for me in this moment and has been really for the past year is around trust, right? Mm -hmm. uh, it's come up so many times and uh, thank you, by the way, for that amazing introduction. Um, I think the true. part especially <laughs> around, no, it's true. Like, you know, the yoga, I'm like, wow, I, I don't even remember. Like, it's not like I've studied it per se, but you're right. Like, I do have such an intimate uh, relationship with my body. And uh, it's one of the most profound relationships ever. And that's the thing that I'm most proud of in my life is the relationship that I've cultivated between me and me. 
And that piece is so integrally connected to the topic of trust. You cannot have a divine, delicious, you know, intoxicating relationship with the self without approaching this topic of trust. You know, self-love and self-trust, they go hand in hand. So if I want to say like, you know, I love myself, I have to know that I trust myself. Does that make sense? True. That's so beautiful. I, I can absolutely feel the, the, you know, the alignment of that statement. Um, I obviously have been following you on social media. And the one thing that totally comes through for me is your authentic relationship with your body. You know, the way you communicate from, from that space of knowing exactly what's going on inside you. So that was, that was a very natural reaction for me, you know, without knowing if I didn't know what you did, that's the first thing I would have picked up on. <laughs> oh my God, that's such a lovely, that's such a lovely, lovely, um, compliment, right? There's nothing better than being embodied. And I definitely, this is the thing too. Trust is, it's it's in the small moments. I think every single researcher of trust, every single teacher of trust will say this over and over and over again, is that trust is built in those small moments. It's not the big event that solidifies how we, we uh, are in relationship with ourselves or like how we view ourselves, but rather those really small steps that we take in the direction of building that self-trust or self-intimacy, right? So it's like whatever is translating uh, on social media or whatever your reflection is, I take it as a testament to like all the tiny baby little steps that I've been taking over time diligently, like a little turtle, you know, because this is not in any way, you know, a big transformation. I really look back at my journey and I think, wow, you really, really slowly but surely got to where you needed to go. And it feels so alive to say this now for anyone that's listening to this. It's like, it's not going to be that one teacher or that one workshop or that one relationship or that one diet or that one cleanse you do that's going to transform your life. It's like, it's moment to moment, every choice that you're willing to make to show up and say, I can, I can try to do a little better today. I try to do a little better right now. You know, it's it's those pieces that weave this beautiful fabric for us. Yes, absolutely. I, I think I think you hit the nail on the head there. A lot of people think that this work that you do is something that comes from a set of qualifications only, right? Mm -hmm. It it takes it takes ages to build that up because you need to work on yourself. You need to have that inner wisdom to be able to nourish someone else. And I think the other thing that you do really well at is boundaries. <laughs> Having boundaries, I think, makes so much difference in the space of uh, self work. And I, I, another thing, I think you you fully embody. You you listen to your body where it needs to stop. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Um, again, for everyone listening out there, because when, when you know, God, you're so complimentary, I have to really take a moment to like digest what you're saying and then reflect on like how, how I've actually gotten to this place because it feels true what you're saying. But at the same time, I know how how difficult and challenging it is, not just for myself, but so many people struggling with the issue of boundaries you know, I, I would say more decades of my life were committed to not 
honoring any of my boundaries. And the reason I'm masterful at them was because I was the most masterful at dishonoring them, at violating my own boundaries and also other people's, right? Like there's there's always a conversation about how other people violate our boundaries, but the reality is it's a two-way street. It just, it just cannot be a part of our reality if we are not also doing the same thing in some way, shape or form, you know? And so boundaries, I think, yeah, it's, it's a non-negotiable when it comes to self-trust. And it's also, it's a whole bunch of trial and error. You know, sometimes you, you have to kind of overcorrect, you know, like when you're initially starting to learn about boundaries, you have to have so much compassion for yourself because there might be suppressed rage that comes out and then you just bark at some somebody and you don't realize like, oh my God, you, you just behave like, like a monster, right? But that's part of the growth. It's part of the evolution is that sometimes you have to allow yourself those overcorrections because there's been so much suppression, you know, that it'll take some time to be able to regulate. Like you think about that pendulum swing, right? Going from one edge to the other edge, like finding that middle ground, finding that that equilibrium point for your boundaries also takes that coming together slowly but surely. So I think that 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 piece that's really important in practicing boundaries is having a lot of compassion for yourself as well as the people around you that are getting used to it. Because when you've also practiced, I'm just going on a riff here, I just feel so motivated, but you know, when people around you are accustomed to you violating your own boundaries or not having boundaries, not enforcing your boundaries, there's a contract, there's an agreement about how your relationship is you know, that they're very comfortable with. It's like, okay, she's that person who's just going to drop everything and, you know, take me to the airport or buy me the food or pay for me if I choose not to pay or whatever those, those you know, relationship entanglements have been. There's these mini contracts that get created in relationship. And when you start to change that part, when you start to change yourself and start to honor boundaries, suddenly it's like, wait a minute, who are you? Who are you? suddenly they are like wait this is not this is not what i signed up for you know so there's going to be conflict there's going to be feelings of betrayal or or you know people will project onto you oh you're not what you said you were and all these things there's a lot more that comes with this topic of boundaries than you know as, it's not as simple as saying this is what i like and that's what i don't like right because that's technically what a boundary is, but it's all the other stuff that come up along with the boundaries, which is this projection and rejection and fear of abandonment and isolation and all these other things that actually make it quite the the complex soup to navigate. Wow. I mean, (laughs) I I 101% agree with everything you you say there. There is so much in us that needs uh, purification, that needs to be seen. And in this journey, there is no one size fits all. So you've really got to understand what's happening to you at every moment. And and like you said, um, it's not one class. It can never be one class because you've got to go back to real life to see what's really happening with whatever you so absolutely, Dania. Thank you. Thank you so much for that wonderful introduction into the relationship between boundaries and trust. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you know, on, on that note, right, it can get really difficult in every relationship that we have to develop trust 
and to have boundaries. I guess many of us start with trust, but over time we realize that the trust that we maybe understood as younger people is quite different to what we want to achieve in trust from a place of, you know, when, when you start the growth journey. Yeah. That. Yes, yes. I, yeah, I hear what you're saying. And I love what you've left me with that little piece there, which is most of us go into relationships starting with trust. I would invite people to really examine that. Why would you go into a relationship with trust? I'm not making a judgment here to say it's right or wrong, but why would you go into a relationship with that open door when you don't know what you're in relationship to yet, right? Like <laughs> This is the reality. It's the reality, right? Like you don't blindly give trust away. See, trust is connected to your self-love. It's connected to honoring the sacredness that you are. So is there not a part of you that would be protective of whose hands you put your soul, your heart, your joy, your vulnerabilities in, you know? So that, that, that the trust is something, as we said, it, it's built in those small moments and that applies to in relationship too. We, we basically have to watch how people show up in relationship. It's not what they say to us. It's not what they promise. It's not the ooh and the ahs of the chemistry and the sexuality. And like, no, it's not that. It is the showing up day to day. Who are they showing you that they are? You know, like how, what are their actions? Do their words line up with what they say? Do their actions line up with the words that they offer? You know, do they consistently show up? Do they honor boundaries? Do they honor your boundaries? Do they fight for your boundaries? Are they showing up with integrity? You know, do they do the hard things instead of the easy things? Right now, I'm just riffing off like Brene Brown's work. She's got this amazing structure for trust. So anyone out there struggling with trust, I would highly encourage you to go look at Brene Brown's work. Uh, she's got the fundamentals of anatomy based off of research, and that's called braving right? Within this, this acronym that she's created called BRAVING, uh, there's boundaries, there's reliability. Uh, a, I think is accountability, right? When someone makes a mistake, you have to own that, apologize, make amends. You know, then you have V, which is vault. And that is, you know, whatever that I share with you in confidence, it is held in confidence, right? And then there's integrity, that's the I, uh, that's doing the courageous thing over what's comfortable, you know, doing the thing that is right over what is fast or easy or convenient. And of course, watching when someone is practicing their values, not just speaking them. And then you have N, which is non-judgment. And that is the permission for somebody to just be a mess and to ask for help, right? And that also extends to, to yourself, that you're allowed to make a mess and to ask for help. There's no judgment there. And the final one, the G, is generosity, which is you're going to assume the most generous assumption of the other person, right, uh, before you accuse them about anything. So if they're late for something, you know, you make a generous assumption to say maybe they had something that stalled, stalled them, right? Maybe something really came up. Let me clarify with them. So there's this beautiful structure that Brene has come up with um, that will allow you to really pinpoint which part of trust you need to go into 
that needs refinement. And I think what's really beautiful about the structure is it's not just trust with other people, right? It's not just giving you the, the parameters of relating to other people, but it's the parameters of dealing with yourself. Where in these seven areas, boundaries, reliability, accountability, the vault, integrity, non-judgment, generosity, where in these seven areas do you fall short? You know, where are you not showing up, doing the hard thing, telling the truth? You know, um, I, I just find this to be revolutionary because, as you say, sometimes it's so hard to talk about trust or even, you know, giving people trust when you can't even define what trust is. You know, it feels like such a big, overwhelming word. So again, I've gone on another riff, but I really hope you hear how powerful it is when you can, when you can have these really strong pillars that you can keep going back to and refining over time. Is that helpful? Yes, absolutely. I mean, I've just been googling grieving, <laughs> and uh, I've I've been I've been you know the the word that comes up here is a guide that walks us through a conversation on trust from a place of curiosity, learning, and ultimately trust building with all the acronyms as you described it. So it's amazing. It's amazing that this kind of stuff exists out there now, Tanya. And thank you so much for pointing all the listeners to that resource so that they can use it to build themselves up. And I mean, defining trust is really, really hard work because like like I said, you know, we we come into this with with just a default understanding of trust. It's just the way you think life is meant to work. You just trust people and you don't realize how much you are valuable in that context, you know, like your trust is, is so, so, so precious, like a baby and nurturing it and giving it all that, all that, uh, that love that's needed is something that is, is such a new concept. So it's, it's, it's wonderful that, that someone's taken it to, to that level for us to be able to lead a much more fulfilling, loving, nourishing life. Um, on, on that note, actually, the other trust that you know, I I sometimes grapple with, or I think a lot of people grapple with, is the concept of trusting and surrendering. The whole trust, the universe thing. What are your thoughts around that one? Well, I think it's twofold. Um, trusting the universe to me, the larger universe, is a reflection of the relationship of the trust that I have with myself. Like, I think it reflects that, you know, there, when you do enough self-work, at some point you realize you are safe, that universe is really looking out for you, that everything is just, it has a flow, it has a timing. And for you to be able to access that space, it requires, I think, a little bit of, of self-work. You know, I don't think that you know, for people who have gone through a lot of trauma, I don't think that they have a relationship with the universe, the universe that feels very loving or trusting. Like if you go to the, the opposite end of the scale where people are struggling with mental disorders and schizophrenia and things like that, they live in a, in a universe of their own, you know, uh, mind where it feels fundamentally unsafe, you know, so it's there's speaking about the nature of the universe versus the nature of the universe perceived by the individual, right? 
So when we're thinking about, I think, trust and surrender, the first thing that comes up to me is I think you can learn to trust and surrender if it's not natural to you. There are some people who have come in with families and maybe even a sense of religion or spirituality that has grounded them and allows for them to do that. Um, but if not, I think it, it is a practice you can learn to lean into. And one of my favorite uh, practices is actually to look at nature. There's just such divine timing and orchestration and the brilliance of evolution that needs no interference from us, right? Like the, the planets are spinning and the, you know, the pollens are migrating and like, it's just, it's, it's a happening. So when we look at nature, I think we really get to tap into this trust and surrender bit. Now, the second part of it, uh, the first part that I spoke of is far more feminine energetics, but I think the second part of it and the more masculine energetics is, um, in this reality, you really do have to put in the work, right? There's an element of you really being able to put in the work and then you can surrender, you know? But if you don't put in the work and you expect everything to just work out, that's not fully understanding this aspect of trust and surrender. Is that making sense? Yes, that, that makes a hell of a lot of sense because there's a lot of transformational energy around. You know, we spoke of solar flares. There's, there's, this, there's this energetic shift that's happening in us that's inviting us. It's inviting us to make those changes. And, mm -hmm. and it, it has to come down to the work. And it's not enough with reading posts. You know, it's not enough with just understanding what, what you've written. It's about making sure that you've gotten to the core of your subconscious self when it comes to a lot of these concepts of self-work, making sure that you've, you've really seen parts of yourself and you can understand the karmic role of all of this and be able to take those necessary steps in your life. You know, it's, it's, I mean, this, this, this whole space of doing the work itself, this work, this word, the work, I think, is is it's been taken you know in a in a very pop culture concept as well um so it's is really to me it's so important that people understand what is the meaning of work it really requires you to sit down attend workshops get a coach read 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 but make sure you understand and are able to apply every page of what you read you know it's 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 another level so we're we're living two realities i feel when it comes to when it comes to um this concept of the universe um inside and outside and i love your explanation of of how we trust the universe in the concept of uh nature because that is that is the reality that feels so so wonderful um it's it's just it's hard, you know, it's hard because we've, we've come from so much, the word is unsafe, unsafe environments. Have you, have you seen anyone to have a, a shift from, you know, an unsafe space to a safe space with, with your, your clients? I'm sure there's many clients that, that come to you and have this experience, but would you care to share any um, examples at all? Oh my God. Yes, 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 yes. A million times over. Yes. Because as, as you so beautifully put, yeah, you just have a wonderful way with words as well. Like everything that you said from the, the solar flares to like, you know, the, the different aspects of work and what it means to do the work. Like 
it's it's accessible to us. It's not an elusive thing. You know, it doesn't mean some people are privileged and they're going to have this, you know, enlightenment or privileged life. It's like, no, that's you. That's you. That's everybody on this planet. If you're willing to put in the work because it is your birthright. It is just your birthright. Like everything that you need is already inherently within you. But then you've got to then show up and then just do it. Like do the thing. You know, there's the being and then there's the doing. You know, you still have to do it. Like there's nothing that's going to uh, really, like we re- we have to get that. This is like, it's like, again, the, the word weaving keeps coming back to me this episode. Like I feel like the word weaving keeps coming back. And because it's not a, either this or that, it's all of it. Everything that has been the mud of your experience becomes that fertile ground for that lotus. You know, everything is being weaved into greater and greater clarity. You know, so when we talk about that that trust bit, when people come into my client, uh, my uh, coaching context, right? First of all, it's the work that the coach does themselves. This is why coaching containers are so freaking powerful because they set that fertile ground for the client. Right? It says, look, feel this. Feel what this feels like to be safe, for your nervous system to just relax, for you to know there's potential energy here. You know, it's it's a remarkable thing when they can feel it in a palpable way, right? Somebody is there, present with them, trusting, seeing, seeing what's available in them. Even that piece, like if I did not offer them any other skills, which I do, but even just showing up that way, it's remarkable what it can do for their nervous system. You know, like just being in the energy, in the field of something like that. That's the first piece. And time and time again, because as I said, this is this is a skill set. You learn how to be trustworthy and you learn how to trust others. But essentially, the hilarious thing about it is when you start to trust yourself, you rely less on trusting anyone else. You don't need that second piece as much because it's like, when you trust yourself, it doesn't matter if someone is untrustworthy in front of you. You will know exactly what to do. You will know how to create the boundaries or not engage, but not, not cut off or withdraw love as well, right? Like that, there's, there's a practice around this trust. So it's so much more focused on self-trust. So yeah, there are people who, you know, I would say like one of the, the more fabulous ones is a client of mine who never even dated. Okay, she never even had a boyfriend. And in three months of working, she was, she's literally like engaged right now. Like as close as being oh. engaged as possible. You know, <laughs> I'm just like, come on, come on. You know, and that person was always Amazing. in her field. You know, it was, it, the, the energy was always in her field. But there are certain blocks that we have that need need clarification. We need skill sets that are very practical but when we have them, it's like suddenly the roads are made clear because life wants you to have what you want. It just wants you to do it in a way that's safe for you. And a lot of the limitations that are placed there, they are placed for your protection. You know, if you don't have boundaries and you get into relationships, you could really hurt yourself. You know? Yeah. Beautiful. I I, I so, so agree with that. Um, there's, I think there's um, there's so so much here, you know, with regards to the experience of living outside is a reflection of the experience of living inside. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I think 
a lot of a lot of the work that you do uh, probably gives people that experience to be able to understand that so much of what's happening is happening inside them first before it actually comes out there. Um, and I wanted to explore this statement that you 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 shared with me once. You know, um, expectations and transaction, the dance between trust betrayal. That trust is an installment plan, not a one time payment. Is that related? to uh what you just shared yeah i think it's echoing you know the 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 how we started off the conversation but also marrying what we just uh, you know spoke about in terms of the outer world mirroring the inner world because that you know trust being an installment plan versus a one-time payment that's the small actions. That's the day-to-day stuff. That's the work you put in. That's every time you sit down and have... Of course. Yeah, it's every time you want to have a conversation that feels uncomfortable or painful or scary and you do the hard thing. It's every time you choose to tell the truth when you just did a small little white lie. You know, it's every time you choose to share a vulnerability when before you'd hide behind your perfectionism and not want to share anything so you seem perfect, right? Like it's mm-hmm. all those small mini, mini moments um, that really lend to that. Beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you so much for that acronym. I think it I think it just kind of, you know, makes this one session one one statement. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Do do you think a lot of this trust element um, is something? I mean, we're we're seeing now that it can be taught, but can is it something that you know a family can embody from the very very start? Ooh. (laughs) Um. Look, I do think that you know there there are people who have come in with the blueprint that far more embody patterns of trust and they're here to you know uh, stand as examples for that but the way that the world is today i would say that the majority of the world and the families that are in it are struggling with this dynamic of trust they really are because part of trusting yourself is willing to do what is right for you at the cost of losing others Now, what holds family systems together? It's shared culture, shared agreements, shared obligations, right? So when you start to do things, if it's not right for you, if you start to move away from what the family has practiced, it triggers so much trauma, you know? So we are, I think we're coming into a new era in in relationship, in the family dynamics, where we are exploring what it feels like to, number one, uh, create families that are not just of blood and being okay with that right so as a mother you 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 source out friendships and you know uh, organizations that can meet certain needs of yours for example and not rely on the husband specifically to provide that specific need for you that's a way you can trust yourself you know um so I, I do think that this this idea of trust is a teacher for us, you know, for many of us, learning how to come into our authentic expression. Because if we don't understand trust and live it, 
we will not be tapped into our mission and our purpose of who we are here to really be and express in this world. And that's why we're here. Indeed. Oh, that's why we show up every day, Danya. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. Oh, it, it's huge. It's huge. I, you know, I, I think about um, one of the most powerful statements I've heard from Sadhguru is he says, mystics swim in the same waters that schizophrenics drown in. Mystic oh. <laughs> swim in the same oh. waters that schizophrenics <sighs> drown in. What does that mean? Like, the only difference with the mystic is that it trusts. It knows what it is, who it is. It knows the nature of water. It knows it's not separate from the water. You know, that, that it knows it can surrender to it and there's an ease with it. That's the mystic. You know, the schizophrenic is fighting. It's separate to the water. It doesn't understand the nature. It doesn't understand its nature. You know, but they're both in states of... of you know, um, a relationship, they're having a relationship with that water. Relationship. And, mm. <laughs> mm. It's, I, I love that statement, Dani. I think, I think when, when you said that, um, it reminded me of the journey of consciousness. In a sense, we're all mystics, you know, we're all mystics trying to navigate our own belief systems in this, in this universe. And we're, we're finding our way and we're getting more and more aware in this water and we can see beyond certain depths now we're happy to be in those depths we can we can almost enjoy some of these depths depths d-e-p-t-h-s because <laughs> it, allows us, it, it tells us where we can now see you know you you can actually see the progress when you do this work so i'm I, I love that statement. Thank you so much for sharing that. And for anyone who doesn't know what solar flares is, if anyone's listening and they don't know what solar flares is, do Google Sadhguru's explanation of so solar flares. He's got a reel on it and how much it's going to impact us over the next, I believe, five years and then into the next 20 years as well. Um, exciting, exciting times. Amazing. I didn't know that. I'm so going to check that. Well, yeah, please, please do, please do. Uh, because fire... Um, in, in, in tantric wisdom represents the soul and the solar activity increasing is, is an empowerment for us, right? It's, yeah. it's hard, but it's about us being aware of what's going on and working through it. And that makes us more aware of who we are. Um, it's beautiful, beautiful. Please, please listen to it, everyone. <laughs> I knew about the solar flesh, but I didn't know Sadhguru was actually talking about it. Yes, yes he did. He did. It doesn't. Um, so the reel or the video doesn't specifically use the word solar flares, but uh, I think it's it's something along the lines of you know um, this is evidence that things are really going to change or something like that. And if anyone wants wants to know exactly what it is, please send me a DM and I'll send it to you. It's a YouTube video as well as a reel on Instagram now. Mm, okay. <laughs> Can I just give you a, a very concrete example? Of, sure. Um, that statement, mystics swim in the same rivers uh, or same waters that schizophrenics drown in. When I was 27, I was struggling with uh, a mental disorder. At the time, they had thought it was bipolar. And I remember I was getting such strong kundalini activations at that time. And I started to speak in now what people call light language, right? But because I was so unsure of myself, I was so mentally... Um, 
unstable. I did not have the practices nor the foundations. At that time, I would literally have called that a mental illness. But because of what you pointed out earlier, which is when you do the work, when you start to feel and know who you are in a very palpable, tangible way, the very same things that are happening before are happening now. And I have a whole world of a whole new world of relation, relating to that. Like now I would teach that. It's not a mental illness. I see it as a superpower. You see how it's yeah. the same thing. It's the exact same thing, except in that context, psychologically, if I'd shared that with my psychiatrist, he would have labeled it schizophrenic because you are hearing things and you are speaking to apparently alien entities. Well, you would be schizophrenic. And if you don't do the work, that's exactly what you would think. But if you have done the work, you know something so powerful is awake and alert in your cells that's coming through. And there's a steadiness about it. You can feel the love. Your mind is not caught up in terror. You know, so that's, I think, a, a very palpable, a tangible example of, um, of doing the work. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, um, I think you've, you've reminded me of, of a moment in my life where, you know, I have a corporate background and uh, I was, it was for some reason, as soon as I read Deepak Chopra's book, I knew that I was in the wrong place for who I am. And um, I, I came back from learning primordial sound meditation from him and, you know, being in a, in a room with all these people doing various things like he, I, levitating, like all kinds of things, you know. And when I came back uh, to, to London at the time and I told everyone I'm going to be, I need to book rooms to, to, to meditate, they all thought I was absolutely insane. And, you know, um, if, I, <laughs> if, I, uh, if I were to go back to those people and tell them this now, right, when we talk about yoga and meditation, it's like second nature today for, for many, many people. But at that time, it really was taboo. And they, they look at you and go, what are you talking about? You know, and I didn't even want to use what I had seen happening, you know, in these in these places, like and and the level to which people uh, are going to, because there was such a, a, a mistrust. But, you know, we've we've all been sailing through those waters. We don't realize how much work has happened collectively. Yeah. For us to to get to this point now, and um, and I wish I had trusted myself more, you know. I wish I had listened to myself more at the time, but I I can't deny that everybody that I that that doubted me was reflecting my own doubt. Mm, mm, my gosh, that's so powerful. <laughs> that's so powerful. It's true. It's true. And uh, but you see, this is this is why you are the priestess that you are today. It's like you had to be the one that was unlike everyone else around you because that's what allowed you to cultivate that presence, that calm in in the center of the eye of the storm. You know, because everyone around you is telling you, no, no, that's not the way you do it, oh, weirdo. You know, it's like you have to have balls of steel. You know, it's like you just, so true. that's the ghost, oh, right? Yeah. Yes, yes. Pussy of steel. Yes. Pussy of steel. <laughs> you know, moldy steel. Yeah, balls in our chest too. <laughs> yes, it's, it's, it's quantum quantum steel, you know, it molds as you like it, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think you had a very different initiating um path because yeah, you, you were meant to to know things in, in such an unquestionable, unwavering way. And that confidence is what allows other people to then piggyback off your, your shoulders. You know, the way we have piggybacked over many, many, you know, women and men that have come before us, you know. And uh, yeah, we pass it on. Yeah. 
Yeah, I I mean, thank you. Thank you so much for, for, for seeing me. It was hard at that time, but now I'm just so glad I took those steps and I move forward and I'm and I'm here and I'm back in my warm weather country. Oh, I wouldn't trade it. <laughs> I love Iceland <laughs> so much. Thank you, universe. Thank you for having me born in this beautiful weather. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. Oh, yes, yes. And um right, coming back to Coming back to our beautiful conversation today on trust, um, why do you feel we truly can't get away with anything when it comes to trust? This has also come down. This is also down to the installment plan, I guess. But is there anything else you'd like to elaborate on this? Mm, yes. Okay. So here's the thing. So when we think about trust, right, and the relationship around trust, like when we talk about trusting other people, what we're saying is I can count on myself to act in the best interest of all parties involved. That would make you a trustworthy person, right? You consider yourself, you also consider the other person. When we talk about self-trust, it is I can count on myself to act in the best interest of all parts of myself. Now, what do I mean by that? Dania is not just one person. Dania is not one personality. I consist of a community of personalities that reside within me. And I'm the guardian of that community. When I do something, when I take action that violates any part of myself, my needs, my desires, my wants, I will register that as an act of betrayal for myself, toward myself, that I am untrustworthy. So basically, when you have all these different parts inside of you, whenever you make a choice or you know you take an action that doesn't feel loving or supportive to you, you are always witnessing yourself. This is the thing. Always, any act that you do, if you think you've gotten away with it, if you told a little lie or, you know, you, you, someone gave you something and you took a little more than you should have, or, you know, you said you were somewhere and you weren't there, you're yeah. thinking that you're getting away with it, right? Like, because the other person, quote unquote, technically doesn't know. But the reality is there's an observer in you. In fact, there's a community in you that is watching every single thing that you do. And is creating a relationship based out of that. So y- you will you will never feel at ease with yourself because you are registering at all times. You're not being honest. You're not being authentic. You're trying to do this, trying to do that. This is, this is what also leads to people feeling this imposter syndrome, right? Like other people out there would talk to them and say, oh my God, you're so this, you're so that. But in them, they feel this imposter syndrome. Why? They know the reflection that's coming is not what is true to their practice. You know, so it's 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 in those tiniest spaces where we can really make trust or break trust. And so I really believe we don't get away with anything. And if you're carrying that guilt, it shows up. It shows up in the relationships that you will attract, in the job opportunities you'll attract, in the flaky people that will come through. It's because you're holding, you're, you're keeping score. Your body knows. And you're absolutely right. This this explanation of communities is wonderful. Mm. It's like, you know, you, you are self-witnessing. There's a, there's a part of us that um, only wants to, to do what's right. You know, it's, it's like there's light in us. There's, 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 uh, there's, there's good in us. There's like in, 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 we're intrinsically designed to survive, survive from the most beautiful, powerful way possible. And when we, when we lessen ourselves with, 
doing that getting away thing, we're we're essentially becoming smaller. Mm. Um, energetically, we're becoming smaller and smaller and smaller, and and you know it it then becomes more and more difficult to have power over everything. We continuously give our power away every time we make that choice that you know we've we've given we've given that aspect up of ourselves mm-hmm. and guilt attracts more guilt guilt attracts more guilt and before you know it you know you've become this this small being mm-hmm. um and we're in that journey of becoming this this universe again mm-hmm. yes exactly exactly that it's and again you know we're, we're not we're all human we're all going to make mistakes like i think that the reminder that I, I would love to put out there is just it doesn't matter th- what happens with the break, right? That rupture or the break in the relationship, including the relationship with ourselves. It matters how you recover, you know? So if you told the lie, it's fine. It's fine. You know, sometimes it's just, it's it's our self-protective mechanism that comes up. But can you then sit with the discomfort and then go and rectify it. Can you tell the truth the next moment that's available? You know, it's just about like, can we just do a little better? Even that moment, you know, even if you don't tell the whole truth, but you told a little more truth than you were willing to yesterday, that's going to build self-trust. So it's not about perfection either. It's just reaching for a little bit more, just a little bit more, you know? That's the installment plan. (laughs) <laughs> I love these. I love these concepts that you you're introducing today. These are wonderful. You know, they they summarize everything um, in a way that I think people can approach on a bite sized basis, little, 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 and we can make that change. Mm. Thank you. Thank you so much. Mm. Thank you. Thank you. This has been so great. Like I, I love that we actually started. Um, you know, we just came in, we we're like, okay, maybe we'll go in blind and just start riffing because that's when the most amount of magic, you know, comes in. And yeah, I just so enjoy speaking with you. You just, you, you always create such, um, such magic in what comes through, you know, like you can tell when you're having conversations with people, the substance of what comes through, comes through because that person has got such deep questions in them. And that's the quality of the the answers that come through. So it's a testament to the work you're doing. And I'm just very grateful to be here. Thank you so much, Tanya, for lacing my episode 50 with so much beautiful wisdom. Um, and I know so much of it has come from a space of you becoming you, right? It's it's not easy. So um, yes, this conversation it could be thousands of years old for the journey that we've had. <laughs> Um, and and seriously, seriously, I almost think that, you know, we are on a journey of, of discovering who we truly are, and that's timeless. So this wisdom is timeless in itself, and I'm, I'm so, so grateful. Thank you. Thank you so much for today. Is there anything that you're working on at the moment that you'd like to share with listeners? Um, anything that's coming up? Well, actually, I'm taking a couple of weeks off because I'm going to launch a new website. Uh, I've had some insights about how I want to... Uh, navigate the next couple of years of my coaching so there'll be some changes in terms of how I forward present my coaching um but outside of that uh, people are welcome to contact me at my uh instagram uh, underscore dania nambia underscore and um yeah I'm available for one-on-one sessions and there's also the in-person group sessions that I conduct at damai roughly about once a month just look at damai my my uh, Instagram page for updates. Awesome. 
Thank you so much for this wonderful conversation today, Tanya. And I look forward to our next dosa. <laughs> <laughs> Cannot wait for my dosa and filter coffee. Thank you, Universe, for creating such deliciousness in this world and delicious conversations with amazing people. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> bye. Bye for now. So much bye. love. Bye. <laughs> If you've enjoyed this episode of Sumeria Soul Harem podcast, please remember to click follow on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, Google, or whatever channel that you're using to listen to this podcast. Thank you so much for your support.